When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Yeah, those are uh, special games when you're against uh, the, the top team in our league. And uh, on home ice, you want to have a, have a good performance. I thought we played, played really well. So, um, you know, those are, those are moments as, as a player that, that you get up for and you want to be a part of more and more as, as your career goes on and not just have them in the regular season, but have special games like that in the, in the postseason as well. And that's where we're trying to earn, our, earn ourselves an opportunity to, to play more of those games for, you know, a longer, longer stretch of the season and, you know, find something to build off of. Darnell Nurse with some reflection on that beauty against the Colorado Avalanche on Saturday night. And for more on that and other hockey topics, he joins us every week. Powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Former NHL goaltender, now a broadcaster with the NHL on Rogers. It is Kelly Rudy checking in. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm doing really well, Reed. Getting uh, ready for the final push to the end of the season and then... uh, the hardy run to the Stanley Cup Finals. Okay, so I want to ask you about that from your memories as a player because I, I kind of asked Darnell Nurse and Jay Woodcroft today, to paraphrase, mm-hmm. I kind of just said, you know, is there a theme for the final nine games? And they just kind of said, we want to clinch one day at a time, standard stuff. So as, as you went into the playoffs as a player, and probably some years maybe you thought you might have a more realistic shot at the cup than, than in other years. Yeah. Like, did you have that point where it's like, okay, like now it's another level. Now I got to work on this. Like, I'm just wondering. Yes. And it would have started. Uh, well, this year is different because it, it goes longer, right? It's we're going what three weeks longer than we normally would. Right. Because of uh, the uh, pandemic, but in a typical year, my, my point when I would really feel like I needed to be at my very best would be the start of uh, March and going on into the very end of the season, which would be the beginning of April. So ballpark for these guys, it would be maybe the beginning of April, the middle, middle of March, something like that, that would uh, not peak your interest because that's the wrong way. Cause every game gets your interest, but you just really feel like, Every practice is more important. You've got to make sure that you put in all the work. Uh, And you also, this is an aside that most people wouldn't think of. You have to make sure also that you're preparing all your family life things uh, to get everything in order in the event that you go on a long playoff run, right? Like the one thing, I know this is mundane to people, but the one thing, the last thing you need to be doing while you're playing in the playoffs 
is getting your taxes ready. You know, getting, you know, you of course have an accountant, but you're still getting everything compiled and make sure uh, you send everything off to the accountant and so that you don't have to worry about it or stress about it or, oh my gosh, I'm dog tired today. We're in between games and I've got to spend all afternoon getting my things together for my account. That, like that's the last thing in the world you want your mind doing on a on an off day. That's interesting. Yeah, that's a good, I never would have thought of something like that. That's some nice insight. And obviously the the paychecks in your era were just, oh, sorry, there's less zeros. There were fewer zeros, my mistake. <laughs> I still didn't mind those paychecks, no. my friend, no. <laughs> no, I know you appreciated every moment of uh, being in the NHL for sure. Okay, we all appreciated that showdown on Saturday night. I thought that was an awesome game. I know Oilers fans wanted the the extra point one way or another that they couldn't quite get it. But man, oh man, I thought that was an absolute beauty. It was a, a beauty, and I, it didn't start out that way. I was uh, a little bit worried about the Oilers because uh, Colorado coming uh, from Winnipeg. Now it's not the longest flight, but it's it's sneaky long. I would say uh, Winnipeg to Edmonton would most likely be about. Uh, two hours and 15 minutes ballpark, depending on uh, the headwinds that you're going to face. So, uh, and then Colorado was the team that had the better start. I was really impressed with the first 10 minutes that the avalanche had. And uh, then to me, and we did talk about it in our first intermission, we thought in the studio that uh, Dreisaitl had really stepped up. And uh, there's some physical play by Dreisaitl. He even, one of the plays, Manson hit him, but that's okay. You're a hit or get hit to get into the game. And so I thought he really did a great job of uh, getting everybody else uh, invested in the game uh, physically and emotionally. And then I thought that just a, a fantastic game all around both sides. Uh, I can understand Oilers fans wishing they could have uh, had another point out of that, but sometimes you're, you're going to lose a point or even two because the other goaltender, in this case, Kemper, was absolutely outstanding. Both goalies were really, really, really good, but Kemper was just at a different level and has been for about three months. Well, I, th I thought he was excellent. I mean, Pugliarvi had a couple of sure goals on his stick, yeah. and then just even all those scrambles in over. Like, the, you know, there's power play in overtime. Maybe they, they didn't get a super clean shot like you might hope, but they, they jammed the puck into the crease and sometimes you just outnumber yeah. the other team and put it in. So I, I did think Kemper was, uh, was excellent and, and a really fun game and a good night for Costin as well, which was been yeah. encouraging. I mean, yeah, I mean, we had a, we did have a Robin. I did have a caller who complained about the Oilers start the other night and we said, well, sure, but it was zero, zero. I mean, sometimes you got to give yeah. your goalie credit for holding you in. That's right. Absolutely. And, and yeah, he was a surprise starter for me. I'm not sure what you thought, Reed, but uh, what Smith had played the previous four games. Yeah, I thought they'd probably go back to Miko after, yeah, you, just because okay, it was four games in a row for Smith. Yeah, which yeah, I it just seemed to me that maybe they had sort of made a decision that they're going to give uh, Smith the the games and especially playing against Colorado. But I obviously was uh, off on that one. But nonetheless, I, I think those kind of games when Koskinen goes in there, the other guys played four in a row, and you make a statement like that. That that's a big message you're sending, right? That you can you can play in these games, play against uh, perhaps the best team in the in the NHL. Uh, certainly in the Western Conference, and uh, I, I was just 
all around impressed with virtually everybody on both teams. I thought everybody played as well as you're going to get in a non-playoff game. One thing, though, that I wonder felt like a bit of a playoff game was how it was officiated. And for mm-hmm. the most part, I, I didn't have a problem with it. If you're not going to call ticky-tack stuff, just just leave it that way. I, I mean, that's fine. Uh, I, I Then I did think the Bouchard interference call, perhaps relative to the other things that have been called, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe didn't need to be called. And then I actually texted my mother and a friend who's a big Oilers fan between yeah. the third and overtime, and I said, the Oilers will get a power play in overtime. And they oh, did. Yeah. Now I know, I, I guess you know McKinnon did slash the stick, but I wonder too if that would have been called if that other uh, penalty hadn't been called. But I just wondering if you thought anything about the refing, particularly in that game, or just a shift as we go through April here towards more playoff style officiating. Yeah, I'm torn on that one because I thought the uh, you're exactly right. I thought Saturday's game between Edmonton and uh, Colorado was more like a playoff game, but. I've been a part of a a lot of broadcasts recently where uh, they're not putting the whistle away. In fact, I'm seeing a lot of the the same sort of calls that we might've seen in October or November. And, and I, I'm fine with that. I I mean, call what's a call, what's a penalty. And, you know, if there's plays where players have to fight through situations a little bit more, I'm perfectly cool with that, but there are too many circumstances where I feel going into the playoffs that the officials put their whistles away, preparing uh, themselves and the players on the ice. Uh, you know, this is what it might look like in the playoffs, and I'm not good with that. Like, you know, some people might not like some of the slashing calls that we see, but the rule's really simple. It, you know, it's been this way for four or five years. If you slash a guy in the hands, you're going to the penalty box. And I, I hope that stays the same in the playoffs because that's what you've been calling for five months now. Let's make sure the same applies. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I thought I, I thought most of the call, I, I, I liked the way the game was ref for the most part. I mean, I'm not, I, I don't have a problem with that. It's just, it was, it, I just thought it was an interesting call on Bouchard at the end, but again, the Oilers killed yep. it off and it, it, yep. it was a very good game. Nonetheless, Kelly Rudy joining us tonight on inside sports. Yes. He for some reason he got uh, people chatting on social media and stuff today. And I, I'm talking about him tonight as well. Um, I'm just wondering what you see when you watch Pooley I know you've still seen him quite a bit. Yep. What would your kind of scouting report be? Uh, I hesitate because I'm trying to put it in context. And uh, first of all, untapped potential. That would be the number one thing that comes to mind, that there's there's a lot there. And so I definitely feel that he has a another level or two to get to. Um, I'm, I, I want to be really patient with him because I think that he, he can really – be an impactful player for the Oilers. Like I thought he was excellent on Saturday, which, uh, you know, everybody saw that. I mean, he had three really good chances, two incredible saves by Kemper um, to keep him off the board. But uh, if, if that trend of that kind of play continues, I think that he's going to really start to contribute. Uh, he, he looks to me like he's built to be a playoff performer, you know, big body and uh, everything that we always talk about playoffs being really physical and, you know, you've got to fight hard to get to the front of the net. I also hope this is the other side of it, Reed. I also hope that I'm wrong in what I think I might be seeing. 
and uh, I think of uh, Lettinen that used to be uh, in uh, Montreal. Lekkonen, sorry. Lekkonen would know with the abs, Lekkonen, yes. Yeah, yeah. Lekkonen. When I first saw him, I thought, oh, my gosh, this guy is so good. And I thought he'd develop into more of a scorer. And now I've just finally realized that that's not going to happen. Uh, you know, if Lekkonen gets your 15, uh, that's probably what you're going to get out of him. And, and tons of scoring chances. And I hope I'm wrong with Foley Arvey, but it might be trending that way, but I still don't want to be quick to rush to judge in case that he's able to start bearing some of those chances. Like I, you know, I hope really good players like McDavid don't get frustrated when they set him up. And then, although it's a, a brilliant save by Kemper and, and Saturday is an example, but I hope that uh, they don't get frustrated because I have seen over the course of my career read on occasion when good players set up other players and they don't bury it, you only get so many chances, right? Until frustration can set in. Yeah, that's fair for sure. Okay. What do you got coming up this week? I'm busy. I have uh, flames tomorrow and Thursday, uh, Seattle and uh, Vegas. And then Saturday night, of course, uh, back there are only two Saturdays left in the season. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, our hockey night will, uh, only two left. And then I have super busy. I have three games, uh, each week, the two final weeks. So super busy, my friend. Awesome. Okay. Well, we'll fit you in next week, Kelly. Happy Easter. Okay. Thanks pal. Yeah. You too. Take care. Kelly Rudy checking in tonight. Good stuff from him. Powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian. Store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Interesting what he said about Jesse Pugliarva. I even jotted down the two words while I was talking to him. Untapped potential. I would say some of it has been tapped, but still more there to give, which was kind of the theme of what I was talking about earlier. And again, I believe he can give it. I hope he can give it for your sake, for the Oilers' sake. Got to get everybody really firing here going into the postseason. Good recently for the Oilers. A lot of good signs. A couple of tough tests this week. Minnesota tomorrow, Nashville on Thursday. Both games, 4.30 for the face-off show, and the puck will drop at 6. Blue Jays up 3-0 in the bottom of the eighth against the Yankees as the uh, Jays have started the season 2-1. and one, And I can tell you the Jets do finish off the Montreal Canadiens with a 4-2 win. Lowry put it away with uh, an empty netter. Sveshnikov got the winner at 11-01 of the third. It's 747. It's Inside Sports on Chet. candidate Connor McDavid will he win it well still nine games to sort that out he is leading the National Hockey League in scoring I mentioned earlier Austin Matthews very likely going to become the latest 60 goal scorer in the NHL it would be the 40th 60 goal season in the history of the NHL a couple guys also got to 59 Marcel Dion in 78-79, that was the last year in the NHL that did not include the Edmonton Oilers. And Pavel Bure, then with Florida, got to 59 in 2000-2001. Uh, Bure got to exactly 60 twice in 93-94 and 92-93. I mentioned Stamkos had 60 in 11-12. You had Steve Shutt with 60 in 76-77. Dennis Marouk for Washington had a big season. 
60 goals, 136 points. That was in 81-82. A lot of these seasons from the late 70s and 80s and some into the 90s when it was a little more high scoring. Uh, scoring. Guy Lafleur had exactly 60 in 77-78, and Mike Bossy had 60 in 82-83. Uh, so those are the guys that got to exactly 60, obviously going all the way up, up to uh, Gretzky having 92. Uh, so only, now obviously Matthews is not going to get here. Maybe someday he will. Four players... So sorry, three players for a total of four seasons have scored 80 or more in a season. Gretzky had 92 in 81-82. Gretzky had 87 in 83-84. Brett Hall had 86 in 90-91. And with Rob Brown as a line mate, Mario Lemieux had 85 in 88-89. That was the year Lemieux got to uh, 199 points, played 76 games, missed four games that year, would have got to 200. Lemieux, as you know, battled injuries for a large portion of his career. Fun to talk about. It is fun to talk about the Hart Trophy race. I still think it's it's hard to deny what Yossi is doing as a defenseman, and I get the counter-argument, well, you can't say as a defenseman because they have their own award, but he plays a ton. He's, you know, outstanding. He's going to get a ton of points. Um, are people going to go with the goals, Matthews? Are, are they going to go with the points and the explosiveness with McDavid? Are they going to go with all-round contributions and a 50-goal man himself with Leon Dreisaitl? Are they going to go for Huberto, the setup man on an excellent team in Florida? Not that he's just a setup man, but, uh, you know, the assists, he's set the record for left winger. Are you going to look at Goudreau's gaudy point totals and his plus minus on an excellent team in Calgary? Are they going to vote for the goalie, Igor Shesterkin, who's been powering the uh, Rangers to a pretty good season? So I, uh, how many players did I list there, Kellen? Seven, I think? Yeah. lost track. Yeah, it's a beefy class this year. It's unreal. So... Yeah, and so again, I don't vote. Gene doesn't vote. Rob Brown doesn't vote. But the the uh, the voters list five people on their ballot, and then they get you know so many points for whatever slot they're in. So you right. still have to to rank them in order. Um, man, oh man! Like so, McDavid was unanimous last year. I mean, a lot of times there might be two or three guys that get first place votes. You could have seven or eight players get first place votes this season. <laughs> which is which is pretty incredible. Now, mm. I, I would think that I, I mean I know Huberto is second in the league in scoring. Um I wonder if because he doesn't have as many goals, if he won't get as many first place votes. Uh I, I would think it's gonna be tough for Shesterkin to win it. And even though I'm promoting him, I still don't know if Yossi is is gonna win it. I don't know if he'll get a lot of first place votes. It I mean it might come down. It might come down to McDavid, Matthews, and uh and Goudreau. I I, I just have a feeling that Drysettle won't get as many votes this year. Even though he might be the Oilers' best all-round player in terms of everything he can bring to a game. I feel like I'm still missing somebody in this conversation, Kellum. There's so many guys. I think I got all the main guys. Yeah, I think so too, but uh, there'll be something that, you know, you'll be sleeping and then all of a sudden that name will pop up in your mind and be like, oh, oh darn it. But the good thing is, hey, you're back tomorrow, so you can name him then. 
We got a game tomorrow. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy's your studio producer. Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to two tomorrow. I will join you at four thirty in the afternoon for the face-off show. The game between the Oilers and the Wild will start at six. Uh, quick update here. Now into the top of the ninth, the Blue Jays are batting and still leading the New York Yankees three nothing. And again, if you missed it earlier, Drew Doughty wrist surgery he will not return this season playoffs included for the los angeles kings my name's reed thanks for listening 6 30 chad inside sports with reed wilkins weekdays at 6 on 6 30 chad